How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. What an insane time. Yes. Like, can you believe this? Like, no, I can't. I keep looking around. I'm like, what happened? Right. How do we get to January already? That's the other I thing. know. I know. Like, I just did that concert. I just right. thought, wait, it was a year ago. It was February. <laughs> oh, so crazy. How have you been? How are you? How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. It's just like right now, I don't know about you, but like, there's no routine. There's like no normal week. <laughs> yes. It's just like every week is different and bizarre and new challenges and new good things come up. And it's just like, like always, it always. feels like I'm always figuring things out. Like I, I don't have it ever. <laughs> right. I just yeah. saw something today that said, um, maybe, maybe Bill Murray was onto something and, and predicting the future with Groundhog's Day. <laughs> Cause it's just, yes, exactly. No, it's like, so everything different. is so different, but the same. And it's, it's, it's been really wild. So, so wild. And I'm so glad that you're doing this. Like, yes. What a great way to like spend your time and like create something new. Yes. And I've, I've been, you know, I've been meeting, uh, so great new people. Um, Wesley Hamilton, he was on an episode. Um, you know, so it was really like a good time for me to start this because a lot of people were, um, they had a lot of free time, you know, fortunately for me, but unfortunate for every, for everybody else. Right. Like people are going to say yes, right. Yes. Yeah. So it was really, uh, really beneficial for me, uh, to start this now. So, um, th- I can't thank you enough for this. I really appreciate oh, this. I'm, of course, I'm so, I'm so glad excited. that I can do it, and 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 that you are the one that's creating it because I do lots of podcast interview kinds of things, but it's different when you get to talk about, you know, not that this is all about disability, but when you get to talk about disability with someone who has a closer perspective or, or a, a full perspective on it versus somebody right. who you feel like sometimes you're educating. Right. You Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, um, and that's the one thing I, I wanted to bring to the podcasting world because it's very much, um, it's very much on an untapped area of, uh, talking about people with disabilities and how, uh, you know, how life affects them and, and how, you know, how we get around in the world. And it's just, uh, you know, something that I really wanted to uh, start because I, I was doing awareness presentations at in schools, but because of COVID, I had to stop. So I'm like, how can I still get my message out to the world? Um, well, you're this, amazing. This yeah, so yeah. So this, <laughs> well, thank you. So this has been okay. really, um, you know, really great to, uh, you know, to be able to, to do this. So Again, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity. I appreciate it. And um, I won't take up a lot of your time, I promise. (laughs) So um, everybody, uh, please welcome my guest, Allie Stroker, to the Our View podcast. Allie is an actress, a model, a Tony Award winner, and uh, someone I have been able to meet few times now and, um, you know, communicate with you uh, online and through email. And so I'm very happy and honored to have you on today. 
and uh, thank you thank for your time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so uh, I gave I gave that introduction with uh, you know information that most people would know about you if they Google your name. Uh, what are some other things that you could uh, tell the world about who Allie Stroker is? <laughs> I love this question because uh, you know in my professional career. I have been given titles and names and and labels, and uh, I feel so fortunate that all of those have been very positive. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I I always go back to who am I as a person? Right. Who am I, and who is Allie? Um, you know, outside of my career, and uh, first and foremost, I grew up. I am a Jersey girl. I grew up in Jersey. <laughs> I love the Jersey Shore. I love um, I love the culture of people from Jersey. There's something just so specific about it. Um, for those of you who are not from Jersey, think like Sopranos, but not as dramatic or violent. Um, just expressive people. Um, and I am a family person. Um, I am so lucky. I grew up with such a great family. And my dad always referred to our family as a team. Uh, he was a coach and a sports guy. And so I grew up with a lot of that vocabulary and a lot of that messaging around sports and teams and what that means. And so now as an adult, you know, my family, my fiance, my friends are my team. And I couldn't do what I do without them. So uh, I also love to cook. I love to shop. And um, I love to sing. We didn't talk about that too much in, in sort of my intro because um, as an actor, sort of my singing goes along with that. But I love to sing. It's been Singing for me has been more than something I do, you know, for a living or, or in my career. Singing has been a way to express myself and a way to heal myself and know myself. And um, I was, I, I started to sing when I was seven years old. And the first time I sang uh, in front of people, I had this unbelievable experience of feeling complete freedom which living with a disability, I am in a wheelchair, I have a spinal cord injury, um, living in a chair, you have a very um, specific relationship to um, freedom and what mm -hmm. that means. And when I sing, I am just, I am able to run and jump and slide. And I, there is no limitation around my voice. And so singing is one of my favorite things to do because I feel completely liberated. Wow, that that gave me chills because I have, um, which segues perfectly into my next uh, discussion topic, which is Oklahoma, uh, the great uh, Broadway show in which you won a Tony Award being the first wheelchair user uh, to win a Tony Award. Uh, and that was 2019, correct? Um, yeah. yeah, so seeing you, um, again, thank you uh, for the experience I had when I came to see Oklahoma. You met 
myself and to uh, people who won a uh, fundraising auction item uh, to see Oklahoma in New York. And you did a meet and greet with us uh, before the show, which was uh, something I still talk about to this day. <laughs> but to see, and, and uh, for those of you who know me and, and who have listened to the podcast, I'm also a wheelchair user. And to see you in Oklahoma and the way that they incorporated your chair into the different scenes, the different choreography. The one thing I, I remember is there's, I forget the name of the song, but the, the people are stomping their feet and you were like banging your chair up and down like along with them. I was just, I was amazed by it. It was something that really, after I saw that it was June, it was the week before you won the Tony Award actually when I saw it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or, yeah, or it might've been the night before I think maybe. And um, just to see that, I can't tell you what a fire that lit under me for just like anything is possible because the way they effortlessly incorporated um, you being a wheelchair user to where it just wasn't an issue. Um, you know, one of your uh, leading actors was, you know, sitting on your lap at one of the, <laughs> in one of the scenes and, you know, where you would normally see the woman sitting on the guy's lap. It was just, I, I can't say any, uh, negative things about that show it was just really amazing as a wheelchair user to see um to see the way that you you played that role and being a wheelchair user as the object of someone's affection is something that you don't see um in movies in books or anything like that so it was really uh enlightening for me and and just to you know to push harder to to reach my goals and so i thank you for um you know, for, for doing that uh, role and playing that role. And it was just, um, can, can you just talk about what that experience was like for you, um, you know, being on stage? And I know you were in other shows as well, but uh, can you just talk about what that's like? Yes, definitely. By the way, um, you're all probably listening to this, but as Arthur was saying all that, I'm just nodding my head <laughs> like over and over again, because what he's talking about is the thing that I hope people do recognize in that having a disability, and I'll speak specifically on my experience and the way that I use it in my work, I have always felt like it's an opportunity to use my disability in my acting, in choreography, in the character I'm playing, because my disability is not something that is invisible. So everyone sees it it's in the room. So I have always felt like as an artist and as an actor, it's more powerful to use it than ignore it. And so two of the things that I wanna to touch on that you sort of mentioned that I've never really talked about anywhere is the difference between when I use it for the storyline and the difference between when I hope that it elevates the story in a way that doesn't need to be um, explained or even shown. And, and now you have me shaking first, my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first part about it is that I do a lot of translating in my work. And what I mean by translation is that um, all of the directors I've ever worked with are able-bodied and all of the choreographers I have ever worked with um, in musical theater have been able-bodied. So usually I take 
their vision and I translate it onto my body and my chair. And so that's one way that this sort of becomes a part of the show. And the other part is that specifically in Oklahoma, I just thought there was such an opportunity to use my chair in these romantic relationships that I had, because from my own experience, I, I, I know, and I've had the experience to know that my wheelchair is a part of the relationship. Like it's not, not something you take out on the weekends. Like right. <laughs> it's always a part of it. So I had two romantic relationships in Oklahoma and one of them is with Allie Hackham and one of them is with Will Parker. And with Allie Hackham, I sat on his lap and with Will Parker, he always sat on my lap. And I just thought this was such a fun dynamic that was played in that some relationships that you're in, the physical vocabulary looks one way. And then in other relationships, it looks another way. And it says so much about the relationship. And I also feel like in casting um, an actress in a chair or casting me in this um, character, it gave Ada Wanny some more depth because Ada Wanny is the kind of character and her theme song is I can't say no she's someone who says yes to life she is somebody who asks questions who is curious who is impulsive and I think that a lot of the world has a idea of what it means to be disabled and I think Ada Annie and who she is flips that on its head she definitely that, did <laughs> you know what I mean that being in a chair doesn't mean that you're hesitant or that you're um tentative being in a chair, you can be impulsive and say yes, and you know, be be outspoken, and that's where I feel like having a disability and not needing to use it or comment on it or talk about it, but it just heightens and deepens the story. I just I look at these as opportunities to make art, make life richer. Yes, I um, I totally agree with everything you just said. And um, to, to to flip to, um, I, I saw you were in uh, Take a Look at This Heart and um, I believe it was on Amazon, right? Yeah. And just the way that they explored, and it's, it's a documentary about um, exploring relationships in, um, uh, in people or for people who have uh, disabilities and, uh, you know, you were in that, and I think that documentary is is a great thing as well because it really, uh, again, it breaks down those stereotypes of what people think about those who have disabilities. That you know, we may not want to be in relationships, or we can't be in relationships, or um, you know, we're not sexual beings, or, or things like that. So I, I really appreciated that movie as well uh, to see you and the others uh, who participated in the documentary. Uh, to help, you know, change. And, and as I like to say, in um, you know, with my podcast to change the tone of conversation about those who have disabilities, because that's exactly what I think Ado Annie did. And, and also, you know, this documentary and the uh, great Christmas movie, the first Christmas movie I watched on Lifetime that you were just in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And um, to the Christmas movie, which was just on a, a few weeks ago, um, 
the one part that struck me was I forget her name, but the the character who played the um the daughter. Um, oh, oh, the characters. Uh, the actress name the actress is Malia, name. and okay. the character's name is Casey. Casey. Yes. So when Casey came to you to ask you for advice, I just thought that was really, like, I thought it was just really cool, and it was just so innocent because a lot of times, you know, as a person with a disability you know, kids are afraid of wheelchairs and afraid of the crutches that people use. And, and you know, but she saw something in you that she just came right up to you. And I think it was about writing or something like that, asking you, she knew you were a writer. So it was just like, yeah. hey, I like writing too. So, you know, can you help me with this? I'm kind of stuck. I love that you pointed out that moment, Arthur. And it's been so beautiful to talk to people about this Christmas movie and the parts that hit them because it's the first time I've ever seen a movie that is like a rom-com Christmas mm -hmm. movie. Um, and the lead character is in a chair and it's not about them being in a chair. And again, the things that we got to just experience with this character for two hours or an hour and a half, if you're fast mm -hmm. forwarding commercials or not. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, like I had, I was interviewed by um, somebody who who had a disability, and they were like, "I just was crazy for when you were driving," and they showed the hand gears. Like I've never seen that, and just these little things that are a part of our everyday life that we there are not nearly enough narratives out there about the disabled community that right. don't have to do with disability. And we are such a rich community. We are such a deep community. We are a fierce community. We are a um, productive community. We are um, a, a community that understands so deeply what it's like to feel on the outside. Mm -hmm. And I want narratives where we are on the inside. Because I am on the inside of my own life. <laughs> but to the world, they still see disability, like you were saying, like sometimes kids are afraid to come up to people in chairs, like sometimes people act awkward when I am approaching a door or coming into a restaurant and going to sit down at a, you know, at, at a table, these little moments turn into not so little moments for us in our lives because we feel maybe uncomfortable or maybe on the outside. And so the more we can create, and this is like a huge part of what drives me every single day in my life is to create more and more opportunity for people who don't have disabilities and people who do have disabilities they see uh, um, disability represented authentically and differently than what we have seen in the past yes i the authentic part is so important um it's it's just like that that whole movie was just great because yeah i i noticed too that they did show the hand controls and i saw you do another interview that said that you, you used your actual car um you know so like that that was cool yeah, to like, hear 
like the moment when I like transfer into bed. Like so many times in work that I've done, we would like skip those parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 we have to do this. Not as a tutorial and not as an educational <laughs> moment, but to allow people to take the time with us to be a part of this part of the story. Does yeah, that make to sense? see it happen. It makes so much sense. And I loved I love the opening scene where they just showed you in a, in a chair. Like, okay, here, here it is. <laughs> because a lot of times or oftentimes you might see, you know, 10 or 15 minutes into the movie or to the show, you realize the person's in a wheelchair because they do the chest up shots or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. They came in straight from the door. Like, okay, she's, <laughs> you know, she's in a chair. And, and the and- chair is a part of the story. Right. Like you're in, right. like you guys are on this ride. Like yeah. get on the ride, right? right. Here it and, is, and here's where we're going. <laughs> and yeah, and I was so nervous, Arthur, for that to come out because oh I was nervous about like how people were going to receive it. You know, anytime you put something out that you care right. about, you're like, oh my God, is this going <laughs> to be good? Is, are people right. going to respond? Are people going to feel weird about it? And the people that I heard from, you know, it was just such a positive response. And, it was. and I just am so grateful for that opportunity. And I want to just create more and more narratives around real life, you know, moments in, in, in life that no matter what, Arthur, like my chair is a part of it. So like, right. It's not going anywhere. No, and it's always going to be represented. And I have just always felt like it's one of my gifts. It's one of my Mm -hmm. superpowers. It makes me different. It makes me unique. I see the world and I, you know, I perceive the world differently because of this thing that's a part of my life. And I feel so lucky. I feel so lucky to have that. Yes, I um, and and I think I, I'll speak for myself and many others. We are so lucky that you are doing this. And um, as I said, like seeing Oklahoma, you really just like inspired me just to do more. And and like you said, in my world and my friends and family, it's like I'm a part of that. But there are so many other people who don't get to experience me and others who have disabilities. So uh, you know, for you to have the opportunity to be on. A, a stage, a Broadway stage, and share this for as long as you did with Oklahoma and your other shows that you were in is just, um, you know, incredible to, to see and was a great, uh, incredible experience. And then um, <laughs> another uh, time that I got to meet you, and um, you mentioned uh, your dad earlier. Please tell him I said hello because I, I met I him. <laughs> um, my mom and I, before uh, the world shut down in March, uh, my mom mm-hmm. and I came to New York City uh, to see your one woman show at Lincoln Center. And uh, my mom says hello, by the way. And <laughs> hello, she, yeah, she um, you you brought us both to tears when you were singing uh, Natural Woman. It was just again, like you said, when you sing like you're free and it's just you really I, the whole show was incredible. And but to hear you sing Natural Woman, it was just like wow like it really was like you really just put everything in it and I can really I could really identify with you know hearing you say now that you're you're free when you sing of of everything like that was really uh the moment where I just really saw 
you know, like, yeah, you, you were free. Like it didn't matter that you were in a wheelchair. You just put your everything in, into that song and the whole show. So, thank um, thank yes. you so much. Thank you for coming. Like, I can't, I don't even know how to always articulate like how grateful I am for people like you and for the disabled community who just has like supported me so much. And I'll tell you, are there like, I, you know, when I, when I began performing, I was so scared. I was so scared of, you know, like how, how will people see me? How mm -hmm. will they perceive me? Right. As an, as an actor, it's something, or maybe even just as a human being, you know, we, we think about that. And I just feel so loved and so seen. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote about a little bit on social media, but I feel so seen and I am so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful to you for making the effort to support me in the things that I want to share with the world, you know, like those concerts, right? Like, yeah, I'm always just like, I hope someone shows up other than my mom. <laughs> like I still am like scared, right? Like it's just normal, but what, what is so cool is to see the people that do and the mm -hmm. people and how they are impacted. And um, I, I, I have more confidence now, even though I still get scared because I'm human, <laughs> but I have confidence now that what I do and what I put out into the world is needed. And, and hopefully is the beginning of more and more and more of um, people who feel different in the world coming forward and sharing their truth. Wow. <laughs> like wow. you're doing I mean you're yes. doing that, you know you're doing that right now you're like okay first of all like the pandemic like is is this huge challenge for everyone and right. I've I've seen over and over again so many of my friends with disabilities have like been thriving because they're yes. like oh a challenge got it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like normal check got this but you know, to be to be what you're doing is serving the world in 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 a way, and you never know who's going to hear this and who's going to listen. But you're putting it out, and that's Absolutely. all that matters, you know. And the other thing I wanted to touch on when you were talking about natural woman is this concept that I've been talking to my sister a lot about. My sister is a dietitian and um, does this specific uh, sort of form of you know, coaching called intuitive eating. And it's around like healing your relationship with your body and food. And oh, I, you know, when she started doing it and teaching it, I was like, I want to be in on this. Like, I want to understand this. I want to look into this and how it applies to me because I don't feel like I necessarily fit into the normal mainstream health um, culture. Yeah. And so um, one of the things that when you mentioned natural woman that I was thinking about is this concept of normal. Mm. Like what is normal? And when I see myself in the mirror, I look normal to me. Like yeah. I look totally normal. Like this has been me always. Like I <laughs> like my chair, like the way I sit, the, the, like everything about me feels normal because it's me. But we have created in the world this thing that we think is normal. And singing Natural Woman, like 
part of what I connect to in that song is that I am the way I was always meant to be. And Natural Woman is also about someone else who makes you feel that way. And I have right. this beautiful, amazing relationship with my fiance and, and we sang together in that concert and he makes me feel so powerful and like a queen and just so good about myself and, and myself in a relationship. But as, as to sing Natural Woman, which is sort of an anthem and the way that I think a lot of people interpret it is it's about women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, to unpack a little bit, like what it means to be normal and natural in your life and in this lifetime. And, <laughs> and, I, and I think that's part of what happens when I sing it is I sort of like transcend into a different place that's not just like on the earth like it feels like spiritual um and that's another thing that singing (laughs) like brings to me is this like spirituality that I am greater than the body I was given that Mm -hmm. I am my spirit is bigger than that and um and thank you for what you said about natural woman and uh that song is very it's just very important to me. And when I sing it, it's more than singing a song. It's like this full kind of full spiritual experience. Yeah. And I, I, I know from my mom and I, that's exactly what we got from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could definitely, you know, definitely, um, you know, got, we got that from that. So it, it's yeah. really, uh, so you're definitely putting out there and, and people are receiving it for sure. Um, I, I think for, for the next uh, topic of discussion, I would, um, you, you've taken on New York City as a wheelchair user. <laughs> and New York City is one of my favorite places. I love a, you know, a Broadway show. I love just uh, going there for concerts. Uh, Madison Square Garden is one of the few places that actually has front row floor seating for wheelchair for accessible seats. Yes. So, yes. you know, so I, I love New York City have, you know, not much negative to say about it, except for the accessibility of New York City, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which, which can be, you know, quite a hassle. I, I, I was in Brooklyn one time with my mom and I took the train into Manhattan Um so going to New York, elevators, fine. Came back to Brooklyn, got off at the same stop I got on. There's no elevator on that side of the platform. What? <laughs> yeah. It is shocking to me to hear these stories. I'm like- I'm looking, I'm looking for a trap door or something. Like, is the elevator going to act? Like, do I push a brick and, and the wall opens? Or, And they're like, oh, no, you have to go up three more stops for that, for an elevator. And then, um, you know, you can either uh, get on a bus because all the buses have have ramps or, you know, if it's nice outside, you can wheel. And so, yeah, I have my uh, own accessible stories of, uh, of New York I mean, City. It's just like a circus, right? Like it's a yes. true circus. <laughs> Accessibility yes. um, in general, oftentimes mm-hmm. feels like a circus, but specifically in New York City, um, it's the, the only way I can really describe it is it's the most viable uh, place for, for accessibility because they may have an elevator at the stop you're going to and it right. may not be working. 
<laughs> right. That's the other it's thing. Literally, it's like being in Vegas. It's just like gambling. You're just like gambling. Like, okay, <laughs> like crossing my fingers for black, like or, or right. red or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like you just like you never know if something is gonna happen or not. It's like right. chance. It feels like chance. And that's um uh for me unacceptable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um however I at this point in my life don't put myself in those positions, but I also have the luxury of not having to. So I drive myself right. or I take a car, depending on where I'm going, um, because of this experience that you just shared. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, physically, and and I think you can understand this, Arthur, like living your life in a chair and living your life with a disability is work is physical work is a physical workout (laughs) every day and so to experience these moments where what basically happens is the world says no you can't move through this part of the world that is so um frustrating to me and I and I know it well right like I have a relationship with that frustration of like accessibility like there being a lift and no one knows where the key is and everyone's like (laughs) scrambling and all of a sudden you're like what am I even doing here you know like (laughs) what is happening and everyone's just making a fool of themselves because they're all nervous because they don't want to mess up Mm -hmm. but there's been no time or attention to make sure that these things work. And so I don't put myself in those situations, but that is a luxury, that is a privilege because most of my friends with disabilities do rely on public accessibility. Right. And so as we move forward in the future, you know, I call myself an advocate, but I am not one of those people who is you know, sitting in on these board meetings and working with the city of New York and working with, you know, the governor and the mayor. I'm, I'm not one of those people and I'm not gonna say that I am or pretend that I am. Mm-hmm. I speak all the time on behalf of our community. I talk about what's important. I talk about accessibility, but that's not specifically something that I do. However, to move into 2021 and to still not have the subways accessible is astonishing yes it's astonishing it is and um you know for you for for you to share that story like it gives me it makes me nauseous because Mm -hmm. i'm like you have the right to move through this world that is what we created when we created the americans with disabilities act right however it's not being enforced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... that's the that's the tough part to realize, as you said, going into 2021, that, you know, these things still exist that not, you know, something as simple as, you know, they're not every taxi cab is accessible in New York City. I know it's going, I know it can cost a whole lot of money, but the, the lack of accessible taxi cabs is that's what I'm, yeah. incredible. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, for you, you should feel good about 
the way you move through the world, right. whether you have a disability or not. And anybody who's listening to this right now, for somebody with a disability, when they are met with accessibility that is not working, it is a punch to the gut. Uh-huh. Because that is our only option. We don't have the option of taking the stairs when the escalator is broken or when the elevator is broken. We don't have those backups. So it puts us in a position that is not fair to then have to put our, um, our freedom, our, our movement in the hands of usually a stranger. Uh And again, as a grown ass adult, no, no, I don't want to be carried. I don't want somebody picking up my wheelchair and having it crash to the ground because they don't know how to hold it. I don't want that. That's not what I want for my life. But this is, this is a challenge I do not accept like that. Correct. And I don't think it's acceptable. I don't think it is. I don't think that you should have to trade your time to take the subway three more stops and then try to figure out how to get back to the old, the, uh, the stop you were originally trying to get to. Right. Because for whatever reason, somebody who is definitely not disabled only put the elevator on one side. On the one side. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a call, anybody again listening, a call to anyone who is listening, who owns a restaurant, who owns a shop, who owns anywhere that you are inviting the public. Create accessibility that works, please. We need you, we need you to speak up to your neighbors who have Mm -hmm. restaurants with one stair to get in out in the boroughs. I want to go to those restaurants too. I want to go get a coffee as well at that coffee shop that's so cute, but has two steps to get into. You know what I'm saying? And this is like, this is, this is also something that I experienced in my career, Arthur, that like, you know, a lot of performance spaces are not accessible backstage. Right. They're accessible to patrons because they want the patrons' money. Right. But how about for the people that they're hiring? And not just people who have to get on stage. How about sound engineers and lighting designers and crew people? Like this accessibility thing is so huge and it's so important. And the only way it will happen is if people other than people with disabilities are also speaking up about it and insisting upon it. Right. Or at least that's what I can see. We need you, whoever you are listening right now. Yeah, because as, as people with disabilities, we've been talking about it for our, our whole lives. And, you know, our families and friends who we go out with, you know, they, they are, uh, you know, supporters of, you know, like, hey, let's make this change too. But we need, you know, we need everybody. This is a conversation for everybody to be a part of. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times they're, they're easy fixes. 
you know, that where easy things, little things can be done. And like you said, that one restaurant that has the one step, that coffee shop that has the one step, you know, I'm sure there's something that can easily be done to make it, you know, accessible for everybody to get in. (laughs) And in a moment's notice, it could be you. Mm -hmm. It could be you who needs that ramp. It could be your daughter, your son, your mother, your sister, your brother, your cousin who needs it. And yeah, there needs to be like, uh, there needs to be a true movement in New York City about getting that together. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's not together. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> so as you said, for anyone listening, you know, call me and reach out to me and <laughs> I will gladly, okay. you know, be a part of this, uh, this change that needs to happen. It's really, uh, it's, it's about time. It's really about time. It's 2021 and it we, is um, time. it is and we, time. Yeah. Like, like what, you know, and then, and then there's also like the conversation around certain buildings, for those of you who don't know, in the Americans with Disabilities Act, there are certain buildings, if they're built before a certain period, they're considered historical and right. they don't have to make changes to that historical building to make it accessible. And this is, I'm, I am pulling this directly from my fiance, so I'm going to give him credit. This is, this <laughs> is David Perlow, my, my fiance, who says this. <laughs> what side of history do you want to be on? Mm -hmm. Like be on the right side of history. And even if it's a historical building, create accessibility so that everyone now in the future has access to it. Mm -hmm. Because back then the same thing was going on. (laughs) Right, right. So get on the right side of history. Accessibility is 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 a is is a big is a big issue and and it has to do with equality like do you have equal access to to the world to your world and living in new york city for as long as i have it's not great it's not great i mean i who i am and what i do i don't harp on those moments of accessibility because it on the daily, it is too painful to like take it on every day. Mm-hmm. And I also have like the ability to like lift up the front wheels of my wheelchair and get like a boost into a shop if it has one store. However, so many of my friends don't have that. They don't have right. that ability. They have their power chairs, which give which gives them their freedom. And if they have the ability to get out of their house and go for a, a push, a stroll around their neighborhood and they want to go get a slice of pizza and that pizza place has one stair to get in, they can't do what they want to do. That's right. not fair. That's not fair for me. It is. It's very important and it needs to be said out loud because it's, you know, sometimes it's like the silent struggle for us, you know, that, okay, well, we'll just suck it up and, you know, we'll go someplace else and, uh, you know, but it's, and I always say, I don't want anything extra. I just want access to what everybody else has. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And yeah, the equality part who, of it. <laughs> yeah. And for anyone who, who is confused that wheelchair handicap accessible access is special treatment, you are confused. It is mm-hmm. not, it is just 
equal access. And also let's get those ramps and those accessible entrances away from the trash room, away yes. from the dumpsters. That doesn't make mm -hmm. me feel, that doesn't make me feel good to have to right. come in by the trash. And through your kitchen and all of that. Get a, yeah. red, get a red carpet for mm -hmm. that area. Clean it up. Make it feel good. Make your patrons who have disabilities who have to come in another entrance, which is not always preferred. I'd rather come in with everybody else. But right. if I do have to go in the back, please don't make me go through the trash room. Please, mm -hmm. please. Like, uh, like if I'm about to go into, I had this experience at a really, really expensive restaurant in New York. Mm -hmm. And we had to go down the trash like area to get in. Oh. And then I went on to like pay $200 at dinner. And it was like, this doesn't make sense. Like I should be getting free dinner, no? Right. Like, <laughs> this is not right. Like I'm all dressed up, I feel good. And I'm just speaking up on these things because for so long, Arthur, I made excuses and I brushed it off. Mm -hmm. But now I'm grown up, this is my life. This is my world, nothing's changing as far as my ability to get into an inaccessible restaurant, store, whatever. And right. so I'm asking for, for people that have these public spaces and that are opening their spaces and their restaurants and their stores and their business. There are a lot of disabled people out there who wanna give you business. There are mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. One in four Americans yeah. are disabled. Right, we're out here. <laughs> we are out here and ready. We're out and, here. <laughs> we're out here and we're ready to spend money, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so really, really quick before I uh, let you go, can you please um, tell us what you have coming up that people have to look forward to? Um, I am excited. I saw you on the uh, third hour of Good Morning America last week so I know what's coming up <laughs> but yeah. can you please share uh with uh the listeners what you have coming up in 2021 <laughs> yes so in 2021 I'm very excited we were able to announce last day of 2020 yes. <laughs> that um my uh I have a, I have a collaborator named Stacy um Davidowitz and we wrote a book called Yay. Chance to Fly and <laughs> It's a book for um, teenagers, but I kind of feel like it's a book for everyone, but I specifically mm -hmm. wanted to write for that age group because I needed this book when I was that age. Mm -hmm. um, I had a really hard time in middle school. And so I, I wanted this book to be for kids that age. And it's a book that from a lot of stories that happened in my life around getting into theater. And it's about a character named Nat Beacon who um, moves to New Jersey from California and is introduced to a theater group called Broadway Bounders and auditions for their summer musical, Wicked. Oh. And she <laughs> meets all these new friends and has this new group and she has her first crush and she is um like very much based on me <laughs> and <laughs> um and she um she is faced with challenges and problems and 
we talk about moments that were so vulnerable that I felt when I was that age. And we like talk about them in the book and we like articulate them. And like, I hope that those moments are moments that make people feel less alone. And, you know, um, without like being corny or, or like pushing too hard in this direction, but like, my motto is turning your limitations into opportunities because it's what I see has happened in my life that my limitations have been opportunities. And this book does that. And it, it shows a bunch of different characters turning their limitations into their opportunities. And I think right now, especially with, um, the current state of the world, um, that sort of mantra and outlook and motto is helpful because it's not just about having a disability. Right now, we're all in a limitation. We all have limitations. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all going through together. something. We're all going through something. Every single mm -hmm. person, um, you know, if you're listening right now, like you might be going through something really, really hard and you may not see the opportunity right now. It doesn't always show up right away, but um, I, this book is also about community and having a group of people that believe in you and um, are behind you. And I think that's such an important, uh, a really, really important uh, value right now that we value community that we value um, each other yeah. and what we can give each other right now because <laughs> you and I have been talking for like almost an hour and I feel like I'm in the room with you like right. you know <laughs> it, it, we you know we do have these opportunities right now and so I'm really excited for the chance to fly to come out it'll be out in April um yes. It's on pre-order now. You can pre-order it. Um, it's the first time I've ever written a book. So again, I am terrified. <laughs> However, really excited because it's something new. And it's something for people who I hope, um, you know, find like relief in the book, in, in the journey that our character takes. And, and it's funny too, Arthur, like there's mm -hmm. a lot of funny, fun parts to it and it's light and it's also really authentic and real. And yeah, that's, goes, that's what I want to put out in the world. So I'm really excited about this book coming out this year, 2021. And, um, I hope, you know, I can't talk about a lot of other stuff because right. we have no idea what's going to happen this year <laughs> or not, but, um, be on the lookout. I am going to be doing a virtual concert soon. That will be coming out. I don't know when you're putting this out, so you may have to cut this part out, but well, this, this um, will be it, out on the, this will be out on the 15th. So in a couple of weeks, of January. Yes. Okay. Hold on. Let me look. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure if it's going to be out, but it's, it's a, it's a virtual concert with Keene University. So, oh, um, yeah, so, um, and, and it'll be, uh, you can, if you buy a ticket, you have access to it for a week. Oh, that's awesome. There's, like a, there's a bunch of different showings. So it's cool. Uh -huh. So it's like, it's like, uh, you know, if you're not available one night, you watch it another night. So yeah. I'm going to be recording that very safely next week. And oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. So just trying to find opportunities to 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 bring good good stuff to to my people and um, yes and uh, yeah and and I have I have a really positive feeling about this year that that things are going to be difficult but also really really wonderful and that we are going to be get opportunities to come back together in person. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And whenever we are allowed to be back in person and you're doing a live show with an audience, I will make sure I'm there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I that yes. So, much. so to just wrap up this interview, um, can you just share one or two things that you would want the world to know about those who live with disabilities? I know we've talked about so much already, but can you just uh, just add one more thing? <laughs> I will add that people with disabilities have limitations and with those limitations come other superpowers, come <laughs> really, really deep, beautiful other skills and I, I, I challenge the world, I challenge people who don't have disabilities to find those things in people with disabilities because there is a genius that comes along with living with one. And, um, and I guess that's one thing. And then the other thing is just about, um, I used to talk about this in schools, um, but a lot of my life, people have asked me like, why are you in a wheelchair? Or like, what's wrong with you? Sort of questions like that. Mm -hmm. And I, um, because I have a platform to speak about this, I speak about how much more interesting the conversation would be if people asked, what's your story? Right. And in that, you get to share whatever you want. You don't have to feel pressured to talk about some specific part of your disability. Right. And for the person who's asking the question, you find out so much more about this person because they are sharing what they want mm -hmm. you to know. And, you know, sometimes people feel like their disability is private that day. Right. And it, it does change that. It does. <laughs> Some days I'm like, I'm an open book, like ask me anything. And then there are other days that are like, no, I, I don't, I don't want to share right. this thing today because this thing today is hard for me and I don't have that to give. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So, so, so language. So instead of asking somebody why they're disabled, what kind of disability they have, what's wrong with them, um, I prefer, and I think it leads to a kind of a more interesting, deeper conversation when you ask somebody what their story is. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And I think it's, you know, and that's why I always ask my guests to introduce themselves because, yes. you know, like I said, people can Google your name and they can find out everything they want to know about your career and what you've done, the movies and the shows you've been in. But who, who do you say you are? And what it came down to is, you know, your family, like it's, you know, your, your family and you, your love of singing. And, and it's just, it's so many, there's so many different parts of our stories that go beyond our disability diagnosis and the wheelchair user part of us. Um, 
you know, so that's, that's another reason why I do uh, love creating this podcast, because it does get a chance to, uh, for people to share their stories and what parts of their story they want to share. And um, again, I cannot thank you enough for this opportunity to uh, speak with you. Uh, thank you just for always uh, the two times I have uh, been in your presence. You are just always so kind to me. I appreciate you for that. Uh, please tell your dad and David I said hello. I <laughs> thank you. Had a chance to meet them. <laughs> and the feeling is mutual, Arthur. Thank you for your generosity and for your, um, you know, for for what you do in the world and and all of the people that you're wanting to help and the positivity that you're putting out there. I just we're on the same team in in that way for sure. Yes. And. Um, and I'm so glad we got to do this at the beginning of 2021. Yes, yes. It's such a great way to kick off the year. I'm so excited uh, for this episode to be out. And um, just thank you again for your time. I appreciate you so much. And as I said, I will uh, definitely be seeing you when you do the live show again uh, in person. I will be in the audience, <laughs> most likely with my mom, because she really, uh, you know, she really just enjoys you as well. So um, thank you. Yeah, thank you thank again. You. Stay and safe, be yes. well, keep doing what you're doing. And please let me know when this is out so I can share it. So. Amazing, Arthur. Thank you so much. And congratulations on your new podcast. This is thank so you cool. so much. Thank you. And I will um, be looking forward to your book and all that is to come for you in 2021. So uh, have a great day. And thanks again so much. Thank you. Talk to you sure. soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.